Hello, you're listening to the Life's Too Short podcast with me, Sarah McGinn. I believe that grief has the power to change your life forever. Your beliefs, your desires, your motivators, your purpose. And I want to speak with people who've also experienced great grief in their lives. What can we learn from people who have lived through the unimaginable? How do we ensure that we're making the most of our time here? Because as we all know, life is too short. My mum, Anne, died in October 2020 of breast cancer. The grief has been more painful, more traumatic, more life-changing than I could have anticipated. I was also nine months pregnant when my mum died and gave birth just a week later to my daughter, Annie. I literally never could have imagined that was what life had in store for me. Over the past 12 months, I have seriously considered what life is actually about, what's important to me, where do I want to focus my time and energy, where do I want to go, what is my path in life now, and when the inevitable happens, which it will, but hopefully many, many, many years down the line, will I be satisfied with how I spent my time here? There are people who have experienced these things in life and people who haven't. The world is divided into these two camps. And I think once you're on the other side of it, the way you see the world just changes. On today's episode, I speak with Dominique McMullen, editorial director of Image.ie, writer, presenter, mum of two young boys and just all round lovely person. Dominique lost her much-loved dad after a very short illness, only six months from diagnosis to passing. Today, she tells us how she started her grieving process before her dad had passed, parenting two young children whilst grieving the loss of her own parent, and how sometimes she finds gratitude in her grieving journey. This is a really beautiful conversation, and there's such a lovely lightness that comes from Dominique. I hope you find it as illuminating as I have. Dominique? Thank you so much for joining us here today on the Life's Too Short podcast. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Grief and personal grief and the loss of a loved one is really difficult to talk about. So I really appreciate everybody who comes on and is kind of able to share their story. When you lose a loved one, it almost becomes an event rather than the person. So I'd love to hear about your dad, about your guys' relationship, you growing up, his personality, kind of what type of person he was. Mm. You know, I'm sitting recording this in my mum and dad's bedroom. So it's really Mm. nice to actually talk about him sitting in this room. It's actually Mm. also the room where he died. So quite, I actually didn't even consciously pick this room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you were drawn to it, baby. Yeah. Um, So my dad, I had a really close relationship with him. He was a presence every day in my life. I talked to him every day. He was a really wise, steady, solid, kind, humble kind of character. Mm. Um, A man of kind of few words, but a lot of knowing smiles and just a huge support for any kind of moments in your life where, moments in my life where I'd feel a little wobbly. Dad would always be the person that would kind of set me back on track. Mm -hmm. And I was always like a daddy's girl, absolutely. Like it was me and dad against the world. Yeah. Um, Mum actually made me a gorgeous photo album there recently. And like half of the pictures are me and dad dancing. We'd we'd have a great time together. You know, we'd we'd love a drink, the two of us. We'd have our our glasses of wine and sneaky cigarettes. (laughs) And... uh, Yeah, he was just, he's a very kind man. He was a huge support to a lot of people. Like he was Mm -hmm. kind of a father figure to even a lot of my friends. Yeah. Um, Like he was 
a great businessman and he would love to, he loved young people and he loved kind of mm-hmm. giving advice and support for young people when they reached out. You know, it's it's funny when you talk about people after they died because I feel like, you know, there's rose-tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. Like he was not an angel. He was also difficult in parts, but with him actually... He really was a special, a special soul. Yeah. So like my mom and him had a beautiful relationship. One of their friends described before he died that he was like the flagpole and mom was like the flag. Um, Or he was like the picture frame and mom was the picture. So he's he's that foundational person, you know, and Mm -hmm. and mom was the pretty flag floating in the wind and he was holding her. <laughs> and he did that for us too, for sure. And he was um, granddad to your two little sons as well. Yeah, he um, was. Are they the only two grandkids in the family? They are. Yeah. 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 We actually lived in with mum and dad for a lot of the last kind of two years. For okay. COVID, we ended up living with them for a good few months. And then... Um, when our house was being built, we ended up moving back in here again for another six months. So he got to spend a huge amount of time with them, um, especially with Kai, kind of mm-hmm. his first two or three years, which was really special. Like yeah. he, he wasn't like the most kind of, like he was a very involved dad when we were babies, but, you know, in that generational way, he wouldn't yeah. have been kind of doing the full on mum dad roles that we do now. But he loved it with the boys. Like he'd be changing nappies and he kind of, we have a funny story that once or twice when he'd be minding Kai with mum, they'd hear the car pull up the drive of me arriving and dad would be like, now go away Susie, you go away. And I want her to know that I can mind him on my own. <laughs> oh, that is so very nice. cute yeah he he loved them he really did and yeah. he, it's so nice that he got to spend some time with freddie freddie was only four months old when dad got his diagnosis so it was okay and he died six months later so he only got to spend you know a small amount of time with freddie but he still it gave him so much joy especially mm-hmm. in those last few months to kind of spend time with them and have their little chubby hands all over yeah. him, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've gotten a really good picture of your dad and like I get that kind of old school Irish man generational um, yeah, thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but then kind of mixed with that, I can be modern now. Like I know what I'm doing. Like, you oh, know. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. Oh, it sounds wonderful. And you guys sound like you had a really, really special relationship. Yeah, we did. Well, I'm, obviously, I'm so sorry to hear of his passing. And, and it sounded like it was something that was quite quick. Um, it was. Which, yeah. you know, is a really hard thing to wrap your head around. Yeah. Um, you said from diagnosis to when he passed was six months. Mm, yeah. That grief possibly started before he had even passed um and then you know just uh, like I think grief can be really really destructive to a person uh, particularly in the beginning and it's both so emotional and so physical how did your grief manifest in the beginning after you know such a special relationship with your dad also mother to two very young children um so like that doesn't shut off you know you're you're still trying to mothering and then you are just broken I suppose to to point like what were those first couple of weeks and months like for you Oh, 
Do you know, I still feel like I'm so in it as well. Yeah. Like I, I definitely started to grieve looking back now and it is hard to even know. I'm only just starting to get mm-hmm. a bit of perspective, but I definitely started the grieving process before he died. Mm-hmm. Um, around this time last year, got the diagnosis of a brain tumour and he was at home the whole time in and out of hospital every once in a while, but mostly at home the whole time. And then it was around... Around six months ago, he was operated on and then we got the diagnosis that it was a geoblastoma, which is the worst possible type of brain tumour that you can have. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point, I like Dr. Google, I do not recommend. Yeah. But like, you know, if you went on Dr. Google, I knew that that was it, like mm-hmm. game over. And the mad thing was he was at that point still like himself. So I definitely started grieving then without knowing I was. Mm-hmm. I also had a four-month-old baby at that point. So mm-hmm. like I was kind of in the throes of like, you know, I actually always feel like with babies, it's around four months that it actually gets really hard. It's like Absolutely. four to six months is the hardest yeah. part because yeah. they're awake much more, not sleeping, you know, mm-hmm. you're still breastfeeding, your hormones all over the place. Like my mom and my sister, they were dealing with it very differently to me. They were very much, we have to stay positive. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about this. We are doing things. We are, you know, getting him the drink he likes and making sure the medication's correct and Mm -hmm. very much doing. Whereas I'm always very much a feeling person and I just like fell into it. And I, I actually had, and this is the first time I've kind of, talked about this properly but Mm. I I kind of had a nervous breakdown if I'm perfectly honest I found myself driving with Freddie in the car like he was in he like he would only sleep when I was driving I found myself driving around just floods of tears like every day and at one point I literally was like I don't even know where I am I'd just driven for I don't know how long and I just rang my GP and said, I, I need I need help. I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. I need help. And I just drove myself to the GP. The secretary was the kindest woman. She was like, just pull over wherever you are, you know, take a deep breath. Anyway, I went into GP and uh, got myself on antidepressants, went to the west coast of Ireland for two weeks, <laughs> was minded by my in-laws who are angels. And I think I did a huge amount of grieving then over those two months. Okay. But it meant that I said the things I wanted to say to my dad as well. Like I was aware of what was happening. And I, I was in therapy at the time anyway. And my therapist said to me, you know, like you've been gifted the knowledge what's coming mm-hmm. and use this time to be with your dad knowing. And I did. And I, I you know, there wasn't a thing left unsaid. Yeah. I I said everything I needed to say to him. Um oh, sorry. No, no, no. Take your time. This is it's so difficult and and I think when you're faced with a diagnosis like your dad was the gifts within that are the fact that like yourself you kind of faced it head on. Yeah. And that was so difficult and as you stated like it led like to a nervous breakdown and you needed to go and like pull yourself together. And then it gave yeah. you that time to talk yeah. to your dad and tell him yeah. and tell him everything. And yeah. I think that is beautiful because 
It is. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't get that. And it's not like, oh, well, I'm so glad I, I got that. Like nobody wants to go through any of this, do you know, yeah. like you yeah. would, you'd go back in time if you could and not have any of this. But being able to say what you wanted to say to your dad, and you I both know how much you meant to each other then, yeah. do you know? Yeah, yeah. And we did. And he did. And, you know, I think with, I don't think anyone else was with him the way I was on the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I like I, I think everyone else was very much we have to keep positive for him as yeah. well. Like <laughs> for him. You know, everyone else is kind of coming in and being all light and positive. And I was coming in and weeping. <laughs> I mean, you know how much I love you, Dad. You know, poor guys were like, fuck's sake, I just want a bit of you know, I don't need this. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, no, I, there was nothing left unsaid, which is a huge, like, mm. even looking back now, it, 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 it's a relief in some ways that I was able to do that. Yeah. And actually what happened after he died, which was completely unexpected for me, is I had this like few months of just joy is the only way to describe it, which was mad. Like yeah. I yeah. felt because we nursed him at home and it was it's inexplicable the pain and the trauma of those few months. Mm-hmm. Like he he died at home with us. It was, we literally had like a hospital set up and every yeah. hour he was like, it was like a newborn baby. Like we had to do everything mm-hmm. for him. We, you know, he, he was in pain. He was, it was awful. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, no one will ever understand those those months other than my sister and my mom mm-hmm. and my sister's wife. So when he did die, there was this like kind of release of like, he's not in pain and no one is dying anymore. Yeah. And when you see the edge like that, how close we are all to this edge, suddenly you're like, oh my God, we have life. Like, I remember just everything being like, oh, my God, the sunrise and oh, my God, my babies. Like, even in the middle of the night, you know, seemed sleep deprived. And I had this really amazing moment where it was like four o'clock in the morning and Freddie was screaming the house down and I was in his room. And I know historically when that happens, you know, you're sitting Mm. there being like, oh, my God, fuck my life. (laughs) Like, I am so tired. I hate this. I just want to go to sleep. What should I do? But I'm just sitting there and being like, this is such, and it sounds so cheesy, this is such a privilege to have a baby who loves me and needs me and his little hand. Everything was just beautiful. And like, that's kind of worn off a little bit over Mm -hmm. the last Mm -hmm. like month. But for a few months, I was all like, there was nothing that could be wrong in my life because really, relatively to what life had been, Mm -hmm. it was like, it's nothing. It's all peanuts in comparison to literally the person you love the most being in pain and about to die. Nothing else matters when you've seen that. Time for a really quick break. This episode is proudly brought to you in partnership with new mindfulness brand, Pause Penny. Their gratitude and manifestation products help to simplify your at-home mindfulness practices. Over the last year, I really started to think about my own wellness. But to be honest, mindfulness was not something I'd ever really thought about. It's not something that I considered for myself. But what I love about the Pause Penny gratitude packs is that it allows me that time to focus, to take a break and think about what brings me joy in the everyday. And that's something I really needed. 
So if you have been looking to invest in your mindset, invest in your positivity in 2023, then head to pausepenny.com or check them out on Instagram at pause.penny. Now back to the chat. I had read an article that he wrote um, a few months ago about finding gratefulness and grief. Initially, when I saw it, I was like, wow, like, am I supposed to feel like this? And blah, blah, blah. And then I read it and I was like, I was like, this is so gorgeous. Do you know, like, yeah, it's jarring when you put those two words together, when you when you say finding gratefulness and grief. But then when you when you read through it and and you talk through it and stuff and it's like well yeah you're absolutely right now I suppose what kind of pushed you to write that article it was it was just what you're feeling at the time it was like this new emotion that had popped into your head you know I think before anyone big in your life dies or maybe before you've had any kind of traumatic event some part of your subconscious has painted out what you think will happen and how Mm -hmm. you think you'll react and like I would have thought I'll be I won't be able to cope I'll be on the floor and I'll be you know just weeping all the time so it was so unexpected like I said you just suddenly realize that (laughs) it's it's ironic it's the name of your podcast but life is too Mm -hmm. short life is Mm -hmm. so short and anything could happen at any moment Mm -hmm. and a really close friend of mine only said to me a few weeks ago when I was talking to her about this very thing and she was like I think that that's your dad in you like mm. one thing that I found really difficult is I haven't felt him I haven't felt yeah. his presence and I thought I would mm. I thought that you know I'd see a robin or a feather or you know I feel some kind of feel him in me or feel mm. whatever and she was like you know maybe that is him in you that like gratefulness for the world and this like yeah. and you know I, I think that honestly that there are people who have experienced these things in life and people who haven't the world is divided into these two camps yeah. and I think once you're on the other side of it the way you see the world just changes like, yes. and it's yeah. inexplicable until you're there Absolutely. It's so hard to describe it to someone who hasn't gone through it, but it's all encompassing. It's your whole body, your whole mind. It's everything. It's like you're a different person. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning few months I had, like, it was like the wind would get knocked out of me. It was like I'd forget and then remember and get this like, bam, feeling in my chest of like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, he's dead. Yeah. And I still get that. It's only this morning in the car with my mum. She was like, oh, I had it last night. Literally got out of bed and was like, fuck, like dad's dead. Like, it's like you forget. It's bizarre. A physical bam feeling. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time, it's also like you're carrying around this like stone is the only way I can describe it in, in the pit of your stomach. And it builds for me. And I know I can feel it when it gets to about like chest level. I'm like, oh. I'm going to need to have a cry soon because it's building. Yeah. And then I have a big cry. Like, I, I still can't really listen to music. Music is my yeah. big trigger. When I have certain songs on, even like, n- that have nothing at all to do with dad, the radio will be on and the song will come on. And if there's any kind of melancholic hint, <laughs> yeah. I'm in floods. Yeah. Um, and oh my God, I'd really, forgotten about that. That's yeah. such a big thing. Just... Music. random music songs or random driving yeah, and you're right it, it might one. not even have something to do with your dad or, or whoever may have passed but it, it could be the yeah. words within it and, and you're gone you know yeah 
Yeah. Or the Christmas ads are really getting me oh, at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Now this probably won't be going out till um, early next, uh, early 2023. But this is your first December, your first Christmas yeah. without your dad. Like that is, I mean, it's just the hardest part of the, I mean, one of the yeah. hardest parts. There's also their birthdays and the anniversary and, and everything like that. But Christmas is so hard because it comes yeah. at you from everywhere. Do you know? Yeah. Everyone's talking about it. Music everywhere, ads everywhere. Everyone's so excited. Yeah. It's so, so difficult. Yeah, it's horrible. And again, I didn't expect my reaction to be what it was because mm-hmm. after being on the high that I was the last few months and feeling so positive, the last few weeks I have found really hard and really unexpectedly really hard. It started with doing the Christmas decorations because mm-hmm. like I said, dad got his diagnosis around this time last year. And like my last memories of being in my mum and dad's house at Christmas was with dad there, yeah. happy, healthy, normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we came over to mum's house. I still have to like, when I when I go to say mum's house, I go to say mum and dad's yeah. house and I have to like literally remind myself in my head before the words come out, it's mum's house. We came over to mum's house to do the decorations and like with the boys, it was all happy and literally like the second the box of fairy lights came out and the music went on, I just, mm. the flood started and I could not stop crying for like three hours. I just cried and cried and cried. And it's kind of continued on that line. Like I just, it's so, uh, all of the happiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. off with all yes. of your fucking happiness. Oh. <laughs> and it's so specifically family happiness. Family-based happiness. Yeah, I yeah, know. Like, yeah. Oh. I, like, I remember back to that first Christmas and I just had Annie and I had it in my head. She was a newborn. Like she obviously doesn't remember any of this and will never remember any of this. But I was so conscious that she would have photos with her mom and dad around Christmas that I would like jump in a photo and take it really quickly and like you can see that I've been crying probably for hours beforehand and then we'd finish the photos and then I'd just be crying again so now I look (laughs) at the photos and all I can think about is oh my god you just look like you're bawling crying like I don't even want to show these when she grows up but you're yeah it's just it's a it's just yeah it's a really 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 difficult time of year so I really feel for you this year, Dominique. Thank you. I mean, it, like we have a great support network and, yeah. and people are very understanding. But like there's been a couple of festive kind of occasions where I've just had to like, I just had to go home or, or yeah. not go at all because I'm yeah. like, I just can't. You just can't like summon the joy that is needed on those occasions sometimes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? For me, it's important to just be like, look, I'm just not in the place right now. And people are mm. so understanding and kind. Yeah. And you just, yeah. you need to just go at your own pace, whatever, whatever works for you, do you know? Yeah. yeah. It's so, I suppose, early on, like your dad just passed during the summer, summer 2022. Yeah. yeah. In what ways do you feel now? You've kind of had that gratefulness and grief over a couple of months but you're kind of entering a new stage. What has changed for you? Who you are, what you believe in, what do you think your life path is? I feel totally changed. I do. Mm -hmm. I think the big thing is like, don't sweat the small stuff. I think that's been the resounding feeling that's kind of been left over. And like, you can't control anything. So I'd be much more of a control freak type of person before all of this and now there has been a realization it was also like the pandemic on top of then dad dying of this understanding that like you literally we have zero like any you know 
thoughts of control are a complete waste of time. Like you can't mm-hmm. control anything. So why worry about it? My world has kind of gotten smaller. Mm. But if you'd said that to me five years ago, 10 years ago, it would have been like, you know, and maybe this is an age thing as well, but I would have been like, oh, I'm going to travel and do this. And I want all these big, exciting things. Yeah. Whereas my world's gotten smaller and for the better that like my, mm. what I need, I, I realise is much smaller. What I, what makes me happy is much less, mm. much simpler. And I suppose just like an understanding that like, <laughs> and when I say this, I mean this in a positive way. Yeah. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've said it to a few people and they're like, God, that's very grim. And I'm like, no, it's not. We're all going to die. So like, enjoy it now like yeah. under, once you understand that there's something quite freeing about it like we're gonna yeah. die it's amazing how until you're faced with death you just don't think about it you don't mm-hmm. it doesn't enter any of our any of our thoughts and yet it is something that literally is going to happen to every single person yeah you're absolutely right nobody wants to kind of think about it face up to no, it Because I suppose like we all have that kind of idea that's not going to happen to me or I'm too young or, you know, that's Mm. that's going to be years away. But life is really, really fragile. I unfortunately have always had a fear of death and I have spent so much time thinking about death and what it means over these past two years. But a big thing for me, and I'm I'm not sure for yourself, and it's it's a very individual thing, is that I have done a lot of work around my spirituality and kind of what I believe in and kind of leaned into something that... Perhaps maybe beforehand I was too scared to lean into, but now it brings me some sense of peace, not like a full sense of peace. I'm still investigating, still learning, but um, yeah. that's something I never thought I'd have totally. belief in, you know? Oh my God, I totally understand. Before dad's diagnosis, and I ended up meeting this amazing woman, Kathy. God, I don't even know what you call her. Mm-hmm. Reverend. I don't know. Okay. Terrible. Yeah. So she was um, a church. A female. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Anyway, like I always thought I was kind of vaguely spiritual, but she ended up actually being a huge support to mom and to me for the months when dad was sick. And then she did dad's funeral. And like just the spirituality element of Mm -hmm. even just the community element of of that of of being involved with her and having the support of that network was huge. Mm. Like I said there, touching on like I haven't felt dad. Yeah. Like I thought my spirituality was definitely different to what I feel it is now. I have done the same thing, interestingly. I've been reading a lot. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at various like like what do you feel happens after you die? And mm. But I definitely have much more warm feelings towards religion than I would have previously, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost allows you to have more of an openness than you did before. And the cynical part of my brain is like, that's just you like trying to have hope. And then the other side of my brain, which I can't explain, which is the spiritual side, is like, well, we are these teeny tiny beings out of the millions and millions of years and there has to be more and like there has to be something else I'm not religious I've just really liked that I could lean into something that was spiritual 
The day before dad died, this pigeon arrived on the balcony of mum and dad's house and walked up and down in front of the room where he died while he was dying. It was a homing pigeon and it stayed on the balcony of our house for an entire month after he died. It did not leave outside of his room for the entire month. And like we ended up like taking a photo, we could see it had little anklet bracelet (laughs) things around its ankle. Like it was from the UK, it it was tracked and everything and it wouldn't leave. Uh, and it stayed there for an entire month and there was something spiritual yeah. in that pigeon. Yeah. It was like it was there just to comfort us, mm. to give us some kind of, it was like a distraction in a way, yeah. like every time. And when I pulled up to the house, the pigeon would fly down from the balcony and stand outside my car and like walk right. me up the steps. It was yeah. mad. Yeah. But I it know. did feel like something that yes. we needed that was there for yeah. us. At the exact time we needed it, it was really yeah. amazing. And it's something that the logical side of your brain just can't really like understand. But you're no. like, I'm going with this because yeah, it's making me feel something. We yeah. had a similar situation with a plant pot because our mum, she died at home as well. And there was a potted plant outside the window where she had died, but it never bloomed. Uh, my dad's had it there for years. It's just, it's kind of like just an, you know, an old yeah. pot plant that has just been outside this window. And our mum died in October. And then in the spring, it bloomed. These massive, wow. huge flowers, um, wow. white, big flowers. And my dad was just like, um, you know, my dad kind of sounds a bit similar to your dad you know old school Irish man like he wouldn't lean into spirituality really at all and he was just like telling everybody telling all of my sisters yeah, like look yeah. at this and bringing us down to show it to us but like there is more than we know there is yeah you know yeah. and I fully believe that mm-hmm. that we are all connected in some way that like living and dead that there is definitely more than we understand as human beings going on Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, I fully, I fully believe that now. Yeah. Maybe for any of the listeners that perhaps haven't experienced grief in their life, is there something that you wish you had known either about yourself or what you wanted in life or what you thought about life and you wished you had known this before you had to experience grief? The thing that immediately comes to my mind, do you know Rob Delaney? Yes, yes, yeah, I do. He's a a comedian Mm -hmm. and a writer whose son died. He writes about how we are all born and live with this rainbow of emotions. So you Mm -hmm. you can feel, you know, joy, you know, which might be yellow, and you can feel anger, which is red, and you can feel jealousy or whatever. We all have this huge rainbow of emotions. And then once you've lost someone or, or once you experience grief, this black band of emotions gets added to your rainbow. Mm-hmm. You know, a deeper sorrow than you've ever felt before. Potentially like a, a bigger anger than you've ever felt before. Like emotions mm-hmm. that are indescribable that you now have in your rainbow. But the thing I didn't realise is that you still have all of the other colours in your rainbow. And you can still experience, while grieving, the joy that you once experienced before. And the anger and the jealousy and the love all of those things are still there they don't mm-hmm. go away they're not your whole rainbow doesn't turn black yeah and I I didn't know that I thought mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. my rainbow would be black 
and that maybe over years, colours would start to appear again. And that just wasn't the case. So I remember before having friends who had lost parents or lost people and seeing them laugh mm. and thinking that, that that's really weird. <laughs> you know, how are they laughing? Like, you yeah. know, their mum died, mm. you know, four months ago. That was the most surprising thing to me. And that was something I wish I, under, I had understood because when I felt so good, bizarrely, in the mm. first few months afterwards. That also came with a lot of guilt. Yeah. I also really didn't understand. I felt like I was doing something wrong. Right? Mm. And I felt like I was grieving incorrectly. Yes. And, and I, you know, people say it's such a trope, like grieving's not linear and everyone experiences grief differently. Mm-hmm. But they really, truly do. Yeah. And I think letting yourself feel whatever it is you're feeling and mm. laugh if you need to laugh without guilt. Yeah. You know, and, and feel good and then feel bad. I yeah, wish I'd I, kind of understood that more. Yeah. I think you like beautifully summed it up really like this whole range of emotions. Like you're still a person, you still have all these emotions, you still have happy moments in your life. And, but there is that guilt that comes around it. It's, it's, it's really weird. I, I remember I only felt comfortable laughing with my family um, for a good long time, do you know, me and my yeah. sisters, me and my dad, and it didn't feel right to show happiness yeah. externally to other people. But you're right, it's this full plethora of colours in, in this rainbow. Dominique, yeah. thank you so, so much for coming on and talking. It's been such a lovely chat, which is hard to say when you're talking about grief. But yeah, it's been really eye-opening to the the experiences you had and the similarities and the differences. So Mm. thank you for coming on and sharing your personal story with us. You're so welcome. It's it's been lovely and it's 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 very cathartic to talk about it. So I'm very grateful to you for providing that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Life's Too Short podcast. You can follow us on Instagram under Life's Too Short Podcast to keep up to date on new releases. If you enjoyed listening, I would ask that you like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. It really helps us as a new podcast. And before I go, just some final words to leave you with. Life is precious. It's a privilege. It is too short. Don't waste it sweating the small stuff.